Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Substantially louder than the 930 crowd. I appreciate that. Stand with me if you would. Hold your Bibles up, your iPads, iPhones, iPods. Aye, aye. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Glad you're here. Welcome all of you watching online. Um, I was just uh, doing live on my account, Facebook, and now hopefully some of you have shifted over to the Mosaic uh, Facebook account. Um, started a series entitled Peace on Earth last week, and how many of you know that uh, everyone on earth wants peace? The problem is we, we don't know how to get peace. Uh, there are wars, and all of those wars, are most of them are fought uh, in hopes that they will produce peace. But peace is in that case, and I understand that we can't allow evil to overcome good, and we can't allow certain things, and, and there are times where war is necessary when evil dictators uh, rise up in, in hopes of uh, taking over the world, I guess is the best way to put it. And, and so those things happen, but the reality is any peace that is the result of a war or someone exercising authority is not true peace. And the reason Jesus came to earth, one of the many reasons, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's number one, that God wanted to take care of eternity for us. And we have a response to the cross. We have a response to the work of the cross. And that's a part of our, our, uh, our lives is to, to come to know him. But inside the cross and inside that acceptance, uh, the Bible says he didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Once you come to know Christ, then you come to know, according to Isaiah chapter 9, the prince of peace. So the idea here is, in Christ came joy, came peace, came life more abundantly. All of these things came to us. Now, the challenge is that most of us determine peace in our lives, or peace is determined, better yet, by circumstances and environments, cultures. Um, and so many times, our pursuit of peace is, is going through changing a culture uh, demanding that your kids respect you. Hello. Yeah, like that's going to happen overnight. Um, so in other words, we put a demand on them. We create a culture that says, I want peace in, in my home. I want peace in my workplace. And, and those things are not achievable if those things are our pursuit. Our pursuit is not peace. Our pursuit is the prince of peace. Uh, our pursuit is not forgiveness. Our pursuit is the one who forgives, the Savior of the world. So the challenge is that we're pursuing things 
in order to change our circumstances, in order to change our world. So a lot of people pursue wealth instead of pursuing Jehovah Jireh. And I understand that a lot of peace is connected to prosperity or a lack of. But the idea that you and I would pursue wealth, you can catch it. God bless you when you do if you catch it without the one who provided it. And so the idea of peace is always keeping our focus on God. As I said last week, you cannot lose your peace. You can forfeit your peace, but you can't lose your peace. Because God said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Well, if that's the case, then God is peace. Jesus, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. So if they will never leave us nor forsake us, that means I can never lose my peace. I can forfeit it, but I don't have to lose it. And so if you're losing your mind, you're really not losing your mind. You're forfeiting your mind. We have the mind of Christ. If we have the mind of Christ, that means that we will always have the mind of Christ or access to the mind of Christ because he is ever present with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us. So in this world, it's a lot about position. It's about place. It's about people. There are things in our lives <clears throat> that will uh, uh, contribute to the peace that we, we desire. How many of you know it's always awesome to see somebody be able to just stand in the midst of total chaos, and you look at them, and they don't say anything, they have a countenance of peace, and you wonder, how in the world is this happening? You know, Mother Wesley, John Wesley's mother, I think she had, what, 16, 17 kids, 15, something crazy number. And because she had that, how many of you know that that woman is right next to Jesus today? I had five kids, and I went almost insane with five. But here's what she would do. There was a time, just she, she didn't have money, they were a huge family, and, and she didn't have like this mansion to escape to, and, and some of us are looking for an escape to find peace, you take vacations, you take trips, and the idea is to escape. Never think escape, always think enter. Always think entering the presence of God. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think peace, keep your mind on him stayed on him, you will have peace. He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him because they trust in him. So Mama Wesley said she didn't have a place to escape to. She'd look at her kids and she'd tell them, when Mama's got her apron over her head, you leave me alone. She could be sitting in the middle of a room, put the apron over her head, and she was talking to Jesus. And the kids knew Mama is planted in the presence of God. And the Bible says, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. How many of you know, if in the presence of God is fullness of joy, guess where Satan does not want you to be? In the presence of God. And so the fight here is not about circumstances and what's going on in the world around us, because there's always going to be chaos. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation. Take courage, I've overcome the world. So in order for us to escape, we have to escape this world. How many of you know I don't see a line of people looking to do that? We all want to live. We all want to experience life on this side of heaven to the very full and completely. That's the heart that God put in us. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We've lost people we've loved, and that will always be a part of our lives, and it will always uh, 
contribute to uh, a little bit of the uncomfort or discomfort that we might experience. I will never forget my father ever in my life. He, you know, when I, every day I think about him. But I'm not going to let his loss steal my peace. Why? Because I'm going to think about the good things that my father brought to my life, and that will help bring peace to my life. Now, don't get me wrong. I grew up in a lower middle-class neighborhood where there was all kinds of chaos. I mean, I'm telling you, our home was not filled with peace. There were three of us boys. That ought to explain it right there. Girls are different than boys in more ways than you might think. And it was real easy to not possess peace. So today, I want to talk to you first. I've got this. This is You won't find the notes because I was on the front row at 930, and this sermon was right off the press. This is like going to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> These donuts have not been packaged. They just came off the grill. And so I'm standing on the front row, and I'm sitting here thinking about this sermon I'm going to preach, which was, um, the, the preventatives, things that prevent us from having peace. And last week I talked about greed. I talked about ambition. This week I had planned to talk about envy, pride, and worry. Guess what? I'm not talking about those this week because I'm standing on the front row and God said, here's what I want you to say. That sounds bizarre to some people because you've never been in a church like this. And I'm telling you, so if this thing sucks, it ain't my fault. <laughs> Thank you. No pressure, God. But I had this thought, I thought, now, what, what is it that will keep us in peace? So because the Bible says we can have a peace that passes all understanding and that he keeps in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him because they trust in him. So what happens, how can I tell when I get out of peace? It's when I'm looking around and I'm going, you know what, my kid's going crazy, we don't have the money to pay the bills, and we got this going on, and somebody hates on me, and, and you know, when you're on my Facebook page, it's entertaining, I told y'all, you can't put anything. Last week was my birthday. People trying to post stuff on my timeline. Ain't going to happen. I mean, I appreciate your love, but I don't appreciate everybody's hate. So there are some people who don't like me. It's because they don't know me. To know me is to love me. And that right there will provoke a little activity today. All right, now. So that I, I could get out of peace when I think about everything that's happened in my life the last four to five years. I could totally be at loss. But guess what? I'm not worshiping what happened. I'm worshiping, worshiping the one who gave his life for me. I'm staying in his presence. I'm not focused on all that's going on around me because there's so much good going on in me. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm his favorite child. If you're going to hang out with me, the father is going to be there. My father takes up for me. When you understand that God is on your side, he's your ally, not your enemy, you'll begin to live life totally different. And somebody that's going, something that's going on around you, traffic, chaos, people stealing the last toy at Toys R Us, and you were headed there and they got it, and you lose your peace over a toy. I cannot believe it. My kid ain't going to get along with me now. Well, look, who's in charge at your house, your kid or you? It's time for you to draw some boundaries and look at them and say, I ain't going to happen today. Your kid will look at you and go, you're right. Freak out. 
But we lose our peace in traffic. We lose our peace at the store. We lose our peace on the job. Somebody doesn't like you. They talk bad about you. They say things that, that you hear and you hear about gossip. And, and then you start thinking not about God, but how to defend yourself. How do I, how do I tell it? You can't defend yourself. God is your defender. Vengeance is his, says the Lord. It's not yours. We lose our peace when we say, God, look, uh, go take a potty break. I'll sit on the throne while you're gone. Y'all ain't never heard that before. But when we try to bump him off of the throne, we lose our peace. When we try to take over something that God says, I got this, and you say, but God, you ain't working fast enough. And besides that, I don't think you're going to slap them upside the head the way I'd like to. Isn't it true? We lose our peace because we start trying to take the position of God. Instead of saying, God, take your position in me, I'm going to take your position. The reason Jesus died so you and I could live in peace. And some people say there'll never be peace, we'll never have peace. Listen, man, you can have peace in the darkest times, in the worst situations, if you will keep your mind stayed on him. Because he's got this. He's got everything under control. He's got your situation. He's got your lack. He's got your hurt. He's got your pain. He's got it all. You say, well, what? Nothing's happening. What do you think Jesus is doing for 33 years when he's on the cross? Said, oh, Lord, why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus is in that moment looking and going through the greatest excruciating pain that any man has ever known. And yet he's in that moment and he stayed in that moment. How do I know? Because he said, I could call legions of angels right now to come and rescue me. But let me tell you why he didn't. He's hanging there. And not only is he the prince of peace, he is exercising peace and showing us when you're being crucified by somebody's lies and somebody's tongue, you can hang there and say, Father, forgive them. That's peace right there. When you are wrongfully accused, Jesus had done nothing wrong, wrongfully accused. And on the cross, he said, I'm not going to call those angels to come and get me because this is the will of God for my life. So I'm going to hang here in peace. And if I stay here in peace, I will be resurrected to glory and I will be where God wants me to be because I'm doing what God wants me to do. The trouble is we don't oftentimes let God be God. We always try to create him into our image and our likeness instead of conforming to his image and his likeness. He is love. He doesn't just love. He is love. And if he is love, we're called to be love because he lives in us. That means when people get irritated, you don't get irritated. Yeah, I know. One person laughed out loud. They had guts because the rest of y'all about to throw it up. <laughs> Why? Because it's not easy. I mean, think just for a moment. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's this, the Prince of Peace is being crucified. Why? Because when peace was crucified, when peace was put in the tomb, then when Jesus came out of the tomb, peace was resurrected in all the power of heaven and now is available to us. I get to walk in peace. When I see the blue lights and they ain't Christmas lights in my rearview mirror. He's walking toward me. I got to keep the peace. You know, a $165 ticket, how many of you know this time of year can you lose your peace? And some of y'all think I got a ticket, and I didn't. 
Have I gotten one? I got more than one. I got rid of all my muscle cars now. They don't pull over Audis. <laughs> Look, it's just an Audi. Last thing you want to get is a red Viper. I had one. They would look at me, sitting in my parking lot, my, my, my garage, it looked like it was going 95. And I can tell you I had a Viper. If I told you I have one right now, some of y'all be mad. That pastor has a Viper. I will have another one. But really, my wish list now is I want to dodge demon because that way the devil will be under my foot every time I get in it. And then the second car will be a Hellcat. I got the devil all wrapped up in one. Some of y'all going. Turn in your Bibles. That was the introduction. You'll be out of here in plenty of time. The Baptists don't get out of church till 1205. And you're watching, aren't you? We do too. This is going to help you with peace today. Psalm 92, 12. Now understand how critical it is for us to be in the right place all the time, not the right place at the right time. How many of you know it's always the right time to be in the right place? Now, when I say the right place, I'm not talking about physically necessarily, though physically being in the right place is beneficial. Ask Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a thief. He's hated. Zacchaeus, the tree that Zacchaeus climbed up into, God planted knowing he'd climb up in that tree. So the tree was there before Zacchaeus was born in order for it to grow. So Zacchaeus climbs the tree that God put there. Why am I saying that? Because that was the place that would change Zacchaeus' life. That was the place that Zacchaeus would first be introduced to peace. You have a place that you'll be introduced to peace. There's a place for you. There's a place for me. I didn't think Oklahoma City was a place of peace. This was a place of my hell. This was a place where the collapse happened. This is a place where my world fell apart. But guess what? God doesn't change his place because of your mess. Thank all five of you. I appreciate the encouragement. Because some of y'all go find another job because you ain't happy in that place no more. They're not treating you right. You're not being respected. You're not being valued. And you know how worthy you are. If you have to say it out loud, you got issues. I know how valued I am. I don't have to tell you how valued I am, how much God loves me. I know how much God loves me. But if I have to tell you, I'm trying to convince you that I believe what I really believe without having to say it. I don't need to say it no more. The smile on my face, the skip in my step, lets you know everything's all right on the inside. Even though there's turmoil on the outside. I'm so thrilled to be right back where God planted me. See, I uprooted myself for a while, but how many of you know you don't get the privilege of putting yourself on the shelf? God does that, and he never puts anybody on the shelf. Well, thank you again. Aren't you just the righteous crowd? 9.30 would have been shouting, going, we get that. But you all slept in. You're all relaxed. You've had your coffee. Anyway, 92.13. vent up here. It's like blowing my Bible. <laughs> the righteous will flourish 
like a palm tree. So the righteous, the only way we're righteous is that we're the righteous of God in Christ. So I can say, because of this verse, I will flourish like a palm tree. How many of you know that brings peace when you have a promise? Now, a lot of people love the promises, but they don't like what they have to do to achieve the promise. I have to be in the right place for the promise to occur in my life. Otherwise, I would have a church in the U.S. Virgin Islands right now, and I would be preaching on the sand. But for some reason, some other sucker gets to be there. There's probably nobody there, actually. They're all just not thinking about God. But I would think about God if he sent me there. I'd put him first. I'd get up in the morning and say, oh, thank you, God, for this beach. Thank you for these paddle boards, and thank you for all these people. We're going to pay for them. Now let's just spend our day together. No, God sends me to Oklahoma City, the frozen tundra. <laughs> just for the record, I hate the cold. So in December, I start looking toward April. I will act like these months never existed. In my mind, I'm in the tropics right now. I'm going to even get up tomorrow morning and sit on my porch in cutoffs. Sometimes I want to do that in just, just to defy the weather. But here I am. I'm planted in Oklahoma City. I could go. I, yeah, thank you. Misery loves company. We're cold. Here I am. Here we are. So I just get happy. I think y'all, we just need to go buy tanning beds and just get in them and just lay down and go, praise the Lord. <laughs> Paint pictures of the tropics, do whatever in your house. We don't need Christmas tree. We eat palm, palm tree. Every Christmas, I'm going to start putting a palm tree in my living room. I'm going to put some sand under it. Back to the scripture. Sorry, I just, is it okay? Thank you, appreciate it. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. In other words, the palm tree is flexible. How many of you know that? In poor day, uh, there are palm trees. And, and during the hurricane, they just bent whenever the winds came in. I mean, they're still there. So, so that means the righteous are flexible. In other words, we're not in turmoil by the chaos around us because of the God in us. So we're planted. And then when the winds of adversity blow and they blow and everybody else is at work, oh my God, it's, we're getting laid off and everything's going crazy. You're just like, you're just like this. Of course, you'll be criticized for that too. Why? Because you're flexible. You're not bent out of shape. You bend when you need to bend. But then the cedar of Lebanon, guess what? Is strong. So you're both flexible and strong. Why? Because you have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Because you have no fear of adversity or difficulty. Because you can flex and you can plant and you can be strong. So as we approach the new year and we're talking about peace on earth, realize peace on earth will not be the result of winning a war. The war's already been won. Jesus did it 2,000 years ago. You just have to fight the battle and know that the war is his. Paul said, I fought the good fight. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. Whenever adversity comes your way, you don't say, oh, my God. You say, he's still God. And nothing's going to move me. 
I'm going to live a life at peace. I'm going to stay strong. I'm going to be flexible. When everything around me is going crazy, I'm just going to bend. Some of y'all just need to dance a little bit. And my buddy said, when I got saved, I didn't quit dancing. I just changed partners. Hope you come back next week. I, I finished my Red Bull early today. Sorry. I almost had another one, but I figured we'd never get out of here. Okay, so now get this. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, and they will grow like the cedar of Lebanon. Understand, with every promise, there is a responsibility on our part to acquire that promise. That's what brings peace, is that we will do what needs to be done for the promise to do what it needs to do in our life. So the Bible says, if you want to be forgiven, you need to what? If you want to receive, you need to what? Thank you. Five of you got it. The rest of you listen. Take note. There are things that we have to do. If you want to prosper, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse, and I'll open the windows of heaven. Everybody says, well, God opened the windows of heaven. God said, bring the whole tithe in the storehouse. And we're not at peace because we're not in the place of God. We're not planted where God wants us to be planted, doing what God wants us to be doing. So when the winds blow and adversity comes, instead of uprooting, some of you hate your job, you hate your boss, you hate everything. You have no peace in your life, and you're blaming it on the company you work for. The company you work for has nothing to do with your peace. Jesus has everything to do with your peace. He is the Prince of Peace who never leaves us nor forsakes us. So in the midst of a very difficult culture, you can stand strong. And whenever the winds blow and somebody's yelling, you just go like this. So at work tomorrow, when it starts happening, you just go like this. They'll say, what are you doing? I'm planted. Like a palm tree. Thank you. I'm single. I don't have anybody telling me that very often. I mean, I tell myself every morning. I look in the mirror, but I know I feel like I'm lying. There are lines where there were never lines before. There were bags, and they weren't in the closet anymore. Anyway, so... That was a cackle. So now get this. You say, well, I want, I want that. I, I want to be like a palm tree. I want to be flexible. I don't want adversity and turmoil and other people's chaos and gossip to, to get to me and to get in my soul and corrupt the seed of peace that's been planted there in Christ. I want to live this way the rest of my life. I want to be at peace all of my life. But my kids, they're going crazy around here. You kids, I'm going to slap you until next week if you don't stop this. Guess what? There ain't nobody having peace in that moment. All you got to do is look at them and smile, and those kids will get scared because they think you're doing drugs. Why didn't Mama knock us into next week? Mama just stand there smiling. Like a palm tree. Just look at your kids. I'm a palm tree. All of your noise and disruption can't get to me because I'm a palm tree. Don't get me wrong. I grow strong. Dr. Seuss is in the house. So is a mouse. Anyway, so there really is. We caught some in our offices. Anyway, see, y'all thought I was just making that up. It's real. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. 
planted in the house of the Lord. We live in a society that has figured out that God is a good God. I'm thankful for that. We figured out that I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. I'm thankful for that. But guess what? You'll want to go to church if you're going to heaven. Why? Because this represents the house of God on earth. And and you can stay at home and go to heaven, but you'll pay hell getting there. Because you won't have anybody around you, nobody building you up, nobody provoking you. The Bible says that we're to provoke one another to good works. That's what I'm all about. I am your spiritual gift of provocation. (laughs) Some of you go, okay. Thank you. Planted in the house of the Lord. You see, you're not going to flourish like a palm tree, and you're not going to become as strong as you can become if you're not planted in the right place. I, I, could, I could start a church anywhere. I know how to start churches. I started numerous churches. And it, trust me, I would love to start a church on a beach. It ain't going to happen. For some reason, I'm here. And I have to fake the palm tree. Yeah. Thank you. This is where I will find the peace of God is in the place of God. Some people say, well, you know, I think I want to live here. I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Hold it. Have you consulted Jesus? Well, I'm going to go to this church because, Pastor, I know your past and you jacked up, messed up from the neck up. And so are you. So why don't we just be messed up from the neck up together? See, I, I just decided to plant myself here, and there's been all kinds of winds blow. What's he done back? He's a sinner. I'm back because God wants me back. Because he never left me nor forsook me. He said, go back. Let the winds blow. Enjoy the breeze. Criticism and gossip. So I am. I'm just blowing in the breeze. Staying in the peace. Hi. I don't have peace because people have a favorable opinion of me. I have peace because God has a favorable opinion of me. And at least some of you do. That's why you're here. Others of you are here and you look at me and go, We're going to love you so many ways you're bound to like one of them. We're going to tickle you if we have to. Well, we won't because we probably go to jail nowadays. We'll do a virtual tickle. Surely someday on Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg's going to put tickle on there like like or love. Tickle. All right. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Listen to this. They will still bear fruit in old age. Someday I'll know that to be true. Today is not that day because I'm not old. I'm just older. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. The focus He will keep in perfect peace those minds who are stayed on him because they trust in him. 
And he who began a good work in me will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So the work on this side of heaven is never done, which means you and I have to stay in him and planted in him and planted in his house in order to know the peace that passes all understanding. You don't get peace outside of the will of God. If that were the case, I would be on the beaches of, of, of Orange County right now. And I would just say, God bless me and give me peace here. And God said, no, I want you to be where I want you to be because that's where your peace is. Some of you if some of you watching right now, you're supposed to be at Mosaic Church. You haven't come yet. You're afraid to come because you know you're going to see people here you know. And, and you're going to have to explain yourself. You don't have to explain anything. Just smile and go. My kids are dancers. I'm just mimicking them. I'm going to close with this, kind of. Peace on earth begins with the Prince of Peace, allowing the Prince of Peace to be the Prince in your heart, the authority in your life. You can't demand people in your world to help create an environment that produces peace that passes understanding. You can't do that. You can whip your kids until Jesus comes back. You can demand things from your spouse until Jesus comes back. And some of you hate your marriage right now because your spouse is not obeying. They're not doing what you want them to do. And I'm not talking about women obeying men. I'm talking about just loving each other. And you have no peace in your home because you're expecting somebody else to produce that peace. That cannot happen. I read a book during my healing process that changed my life forever. And you can judge me if you want. You can read it if you want. You can criticize me if you want. But I was told about this book by a pastor in Cincinnati, so I read it. Living Alone, the darkest hours of my life. It was called Loving What Is. A lady by the name of Byron Katie wrote the book, and she talked about her life in total disarray to the point where she found herself in a rehab facility and she was so bad that nobody could sleep with her in the same room. She found herself on the top floor of this rehab house in disheveled disarray, waking up one day, having an experience with God. And everybody knew her. her kids knew her as a type A personality. She cracked the whip. She snapped the whip. Pick up your shoes. Pick up your socks. And she ran her home like it was a military base. And after she has this encounter with God, she began to go home. And God said, who's the one that's upset with the socks being in the floor? Who's the one who's sick and tired of seeing the dirty shoes in the floor? And, and, and she said, well, I am. And God said, well, if you're the one that bothers, then you do something about it. It goes against the grain of everything we've been taught. You spank your kids. You teach them to pick up their clothes. You teach them. And you know what? We often teach them by how? Punishment and pain. God said, you pick up their shoes, you pick up their socks, you pick up their clothes because they're bothering you and not them. She had no peace in her life because everybody in her world was not doing what she wanted them to do the way she wanted them to do it. And so all of a sudden after this encounter with God, she does what he says and she would go in and she would see the same thing she saw before she went into the facility when everything was chaos and she began to go in her house and when she would see shoes and socks on the floor, she would begin to pick them up and take them and put them where they belonged. Guess what happened? Over time, her kids and her family began to see the joy that it brought her to have the house cleaned up. Guess what they did? They began picking up their own socks and picking up their own shoes. Why? Because she introduced peace to them. She didn't mandate peace from them.
Why? Because God didn't send his son to mandate things from us. He sent his son to love us. He sent his son to demonstrate what love was, what compassion was, what grace was, and what mercy was. Jesus didn't come into the world to mandate. He came into the world to give his life and to give us love and show us love. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to set us free. He came to clean up the sin we couldn't clean up. And he went around like dirty socks and shoes and picking them up. And he showed us what love was. And when you see what love is, you'll begin to live that out just like he did. That's why in this church, we don't have a bunch of rules saying you can't be a part of Mosaic. If you can get up out of the bed from St. Mattress Cathedral and get your booty to Mosaic Church OKC, you're going to be loved just the way you are. Why? Because we're not the judge. We're going to love you if you're ridiculous. Why? Because love never fails. Rules, mandates, legalism. Why would you let these people in the church? Why would you preach like that? I almost wore the most tattered thing next week. I'm going to look like a mess. I just want to see how people judge me. Why? Because we have... We've measured people by the externals. We've measured God by the externals. We've measured life by the externals. And the reality is it has nothing to do with all that's going on around us. It has everything to do with what's going on in us. And we can maintain and sustain a peace that passes all understanding. If we'll keep our minds on him and we'll keep those state on him. And we'll trust in him. I want you to have peace. And some of you, this time of year, it's a hard time of year for me. It's a hard time of year for a lot of us. You know, and, and the beautiful thing is, it's not hard anymore because I just know that there's a peace that passes all understanding. If I'm all alone, it doesn't matter anymore. What matters to me is I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to keep my focus on Him, not on everything that's said, not everything that's done or not done. I'm just going to stay happy. Why? Because happy is a choice. Peace is a choice. I'm not going to forfeit my peace because of what I don't see or what I haven't experienced. And I want to say this, as I've said many times, make time for God every day. Make time for God's house every week. You know, some people get up and say, are we going to church today? I've never heard people say, get up and say, are we going to work today? <laughs> Why is it ever a question that Sunday we're going to church? Why the heck is, and I want to say something else, and I might. <laughs> Why do we make church an option and work a mandate? Work's all about the temporal. It's all about making money. Church is all about making eternity and, and enjoying bringing eternity to earth. Pray that it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every time you come to the house of God, it's about bringing heaven to earth. That's what worship is about. It's putting everything aside and saying, God, peace come. Peace come. Now, let me prove this to you. Stay with me, man. Don't, don't check out. I mean, come on. You go to movies that are two and three hours long and you watch stupid people. Don't say it. I'm almost done. Life by the Spirit. Galatians 5. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. This is kind of a confusing passage, as is much of the Bible. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit. 
So the sinful nature actually defies the very peace that passes all understanding because the world and the world system tries to get our attention. And if the world system gets my attention, I'm not checked out from the world. I'm checked in, but I'm checked in with the power of God and the peace of God that passes all understanding. So no matter what's going on in the world, my sinful nature cannot overcome the life that I live in the spirit. And what is the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace. Peace is not a pursuit. It's the result of the Spirit of God bringing life to you because you're planted in the place of God. I don't have to pursue peace anymore. Why? Because I have God. Now, I can forfeit my peace. Peace is in me because Jesus is in me. Peace is in you because Jesus is in you. So when you find yourself getting out of peace, what you're doing is you're removing the authority that you gave Christ to come into your life, and you're taking a position of authority and control now in order to sustain a temporal peace and make everybody behave the way you want them to behave. You're going to have this thing at Christmas. Uncle Bob's going to come, and everybody in here has an Uncle Bob. And if your name is Bob, you're probably offended right now. And if you get out of peace, it's not my fault that your name is Bob, and I just use your name. Stay planted, Bob. Stay planted. This week, that is our line. Stay planted. When your kid's going crazy, hold on, hey, hey, we're staying planted. I know it looks silly. I hate listening to myself. I even hate watching myself more. Yeah, I need to get Victoria up here to dance. That's what I need. Follow my little daughter at UCL. She's incredible. Listen, there's nobody in your life that has the authority to cause you problems unless you give them that authority. Now, there may be issues and things you have to address, but in your soul, you can maintain peace while you're being a responsible adult. You can look at somebody and smile in the hardest time. Hold on. I'm going to see who's at my front door. I'm serious. This is a true story. It's all good? I have peace. Okay. Peace. keep you in peace if you'll stay planted where the peace is plant yourself if you're having trouble at work don't leave work because you have no peace at work some people say follow peace i don't follow peace peace follows me some of y'all have been pursuing peace trying to follow peace don't well i'm just i i i'm i'm just being moved by peace you might be being moved by peace but your pursuit is not peace your pursuit is jesus follow him stay planted If your house is in chaos right now, take this message and don't get upset and don't get angry. You think your kids are moved by your anger, and they are, but you're never going to change the inside of them unless what's going on in you, the Prince of Peace is operating in you, and that peace gets in them. Then they'll be changed. Otherwise, it's behavioral modification. If all you're doing is getting somebody's response based on your intimidation, that's behavior modification. When people start doing what you do, it is a heart transformation. And most of the world is built around behavior modification instead of a heart transformation. And you and I must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why? Because our minds have to stay on Him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given us a peace. 
that passes our ability to understand. We don't get it. How can we stay in peace by simply staying in you? Heads bowed and eyes closed. Those of you watching online, just pause for one moment. If today you'd say, you know what, Mark? The Prince of Peace does not re- is not resonant in my life. I'm not a believer. I'm not a follower of God. The reason you're not is because you haven't seen yourself as good enough. None of us are good enough. That's what's called grace. We get to be Christians. We get to be followers of Christ because he paid for our sin. And then we simply acknowledge that payment. That's what becoming born again means. I acknowledge that I could not be forgiven of my sin without a perfect sacrifice taking my place. And Jesus took your place and my place on the cross. And that we are born again, not because of our good works, but because of his great work and our acknowledgement of that great work and following him all the days of our lives. Though we sin every day, we make mistakes every day. Bad things happen every day. And we measure other people by their actions instead of looking to God and saying, it's not my job to measure or judge anyone. It's my job to stay planted in your grace and your mercy and your peace and your salvation. And those of you that would say, Mark, I'm not there. And you have to have Christ in your life for this to happen. We are the righteousness of God in Christ, and it's the righteous who flourish, and we have positioned ourselves and have planted ourselves in Him, and we will not grow any bigger than where we place ourselves. If you place a shark in an aquarium in a living room, that shark will grow to the size that aquarium allows. You put that same shark in the ocean, and it will flourish because it's in the right environment. You and I will not flourish in a wrong environment. If we're in an environment of anger and control, we will never grow in God. We will be miniature Christians or miniature people because we have not given space and we've not extended ourselves or given ourselves the opportunity to experience His grace. And God wants you to grow and flourish, but you have to be in the right place, planted in the right place to do that. All of us do. And if you're not there and you know that and you say, please pray for me, I want to ask you to slip your hand up right now. Yes, sir. Thank you. I put it back down. There are others. You say, that's me. Thank you. Yes, sir. Are there others? That's me. And those of you watching online, just lift your hand in your living room, wherever you are right now, just in acknowledgement, God, I understand. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, thank you so much for giving your son as a sacrifice for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. And I repent of my sin, and I call on your name. Amen.